Good evening, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the King's Who Hunt. I am joined yet again by one of my favorite guests, Chris Chipman. Um, and we're going to continue on the trend of I don't know what's going on, and my guest will tell me what's going on. So, Chris, how about you tell me what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Um, good. We are recording this on the second day of Spooky Month. Woohoo! Yes. I, uh, I've i been um, deeply involved in Salem Horror Fest 2021. They they let me be a critic again, so I'm getting to watch a bunch of stuff early, and it's wonderful. I heard about that. I thought I was I was so jealous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It's great. But um, I want to talk about tonight, and um, I'm assuming since DC told me this was a good idea, this isn't something you've covered with a guest yet. So we'll see, and if not, we can change. But um. <laughs> I saw a movie that is from a director that I know you and I are very fond of um, mm-hmm. that absolutely fucked my proverbial shit up with how wonderful it was. And I really wish I had gotten a chance to see it in the theater to see what it um, did to a crowd of unsuspecting humans or test subjects, as I like to put it. Um, the film I would like to talk about is James Wan's magnum opus, Malignant. Okay, okay. I'm assuming you saw it. I I did see it, yes. Okay, good, good, good. Um do you do you want me to lead with 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 my thoughts on it or uh how how do you want to do this? Okay. I I don't know. I guess we kind of do it how we always do. I mean, we just kind of yeah, start talking about our thoughts. Uh Maybe we should let people know so, so malignant um Slagathor uh I'm assuming you saw it at home on HBO Max like I did. Yeah, I, I really, I really wanted to tweet out and be like, "Hey guys, can anybody lend us their their, their HBO so we can watch it?" Because I didn't want to pay for a month subscription, but we did. But anyway, now I'm just wondering because I, I didn't know if you had an experience of seeing it with a group of people, but uh, I uh, this is this is the best late 90s, early 2000s Dark Castle movie that didn't get made in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's the, <laughs> the best way I can describe it. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, what, what, what were your, like, you know, uh, initial reaction? It, it blew my mind. And I, I had a whole lot of people telling me, but it's so slow. You told me it's so good. Nothing happens. And I'm like, you got to wait for the hour, 24-minute mark. They go, but it's only an hour, 45-minute long movie. And I'm like, honestly, when you get there, it will either all gel for you or you're just going to shut it off and walk away. Okay, so I will say right now that I personally didn't think it was slow. I thought it was a pretty good progress. Like I, I agree. Very well. um, the thing that got me was I didn't watch a lot of um commercials or anything for it and I didn't I purposely kind of stayed away from it because you know my first thought you know James Wan creating a horror movie oh it's gonna be a horror movie it's not gonna go in and you know there's gonna have like spoofs of like stupid shit in it and stuff so I went into it a lot more serious than I really ought to should have I really should have um so like maybe the first 45 minutes my opinion of it was colored pretty darkly because I was expecting a true horror movie like I wanted a true horror movie from him but we I mean we got what we got and when I kind of relaxed a little bit and I was like okay so this is what he wanted this is what he's doing it's not just 
this is the movie, I was able to kind of relax a bit more. And by the time the movie ended, I did enjoy it quite a bit. But like I said, for like the first half hour, I was pretty, pretty unsure about whether or not I wanted to finish it. Yeah, no. And, and I think, I think that's intentional. Like, you know, th- this guy has built up quite a, uh, you know, qu- as, as we've talked about on this show before, he, he, you know, the guy's built up quite a base of films, right? So, so to come mm-hmm. off of, to come off of doing a Fast and the Furious film and Aquaman and go, yeah, I made you guys like a couple billion dollars. Can you give me $40 million so I can make a horror movie? Oh yeah. James Wan makes horror movies. Everybody loves them. That's great. And he goes, yeah. So, um, I, I hope you understood that I, I wanted to make something really campy, right? <laughs> like, and, and I can only imagine somebody in like a, a producer's room seeing the scene, which I, I don't think we want to blow. I think we want people no. to get to see this. But the reveal of what's going on in Malignant and going, oh, no, what have we done? <laughs> like, that's the only reaction I could see them having. Yeah. Because, I mean, you didn't spend a ton of money on it. No. And they did such a good job. Before I go into what I really appreciated about this movie, yeah. I want to say real quick that Ulrich actually called the surprise twist. He oh, actually wow. saw it coming. Yeah. I didn't. Like, I was like, okay, so this is weird. I did not expect what he pulled out. Like, so, so, and again, I don't want to blow. So, did he, did he call it in like the, you know, um, like, this and this are the same thing. He really did. No yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, cause, cause that, that I found, you know, I, I thought they'd do some kind of like, you know, there's many ways it could go right, but you know, the movie was very unclear if it was going supernatural or not. So yeah. I, I was, you know, okay, maybe it's like a, um, a split personality thing or it's like this or that, but I did not call them going that hard with it. And then the visual of what it actually was, was mm-hmm. so impressive. And I, I had thought because the sequences that are so wonderful when the movie switches gears and becomes an action movie out of nowhere, mm-hmm. um, I had thought because it was staged to look a lot like, you know, action sequences from like the late nineties, early two thousands, um, that a lot of it was digital and it wasn't No, like, like the, the nut bar hired an actor to actually do that shit. And that blows my mind. Okay. So I want to get into, um, we'll just call him the killer at first and stuff like, okay. Yes. So when, when he's being chased, like when you actually see him moving and stuff, the fact that it was like so it was backwards, like his yeah. legs and everything were backwards. That gave me true chills. Talking about it gives me true chills. That is what I loved about this about the movie that I wish that, you know, I, I still wish it was a bit more serious because I love James Wan horror movies when they're serious. They're so spooky and I love it. And he gave me a little bit in it of that in the movie by having him run that weird ass way. And it was so creepy and I loved it so much. (laughs) I I think what really works is that the movie has a duality where where I feel it still really works as a horror movie because Mm -hmm. it's because taking out the fact that the tone is more tongue in cheek and less serious. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's still horrific, like the, it's, um, it's fanciful. It's, it's heightened. It's over the top. It's very similar to dead silence. 
Yes. Okay. Um, which which I really appreciated. Where the, the horror in Dead Silence is pretty horrific, but he was they, they weren't making a serious movie. Um, you know, with that they they were making a spook show movie that was you know, and, and I. You, you know, listening to people that didn't finish the movie, you know, complaining about like the melodrama in the acting and everything. I'm like, I don't know about you, but I was on the same page as you. I didn't read much about it. So I'm just like, all right, this is the tone he's going with. I'm still a hundred percent invested in what's going on. <laughs> you know, so what, you know, the, the reveal of, um, you, you know, the, the, one of my favorite bits is the scene between the two sisters where she's like, you know, um, I'm adopted, and like that long what kind, yeah. and I'm like, wow, he's going for like soap opera cheese. All right, cool, well, I'm on this. And when the female detective was doing her little detective work thing at that one point, and it was very much she should have been like taking a pair of sunglasses off too, yeah. like when she did her little review. Like it was, it was so spoofy, and and. And like I said, once I relaxed and accepted the movie for what it was, I enjoyed it a lot more. And the more I talk back with people about it and stuff, I don't know. I do enjoy it more. But it's de- it's one of those movies I think I would have a hard time watching a second time. It's funny. I, I was really excited because I haven't got to talk to anybody in a in a podcast standpoint about it yet, mm. which was, I, I was kind of saving it because I knew you'd probably want to do it on this show. And um, I've actually watched it five times. No shit, really? So, so be, because I had a similar reaction to you where I went, wow, like the tonal shift in this damn thing came out of nowhere. Does the movie work knowing that that's coming? Mm-hmm. You know? And I watched it again and I went, oh my God, I want to like, I want this to play at midnight, you know, with like Rocky Horror callbacks right now. <laughs> like that's, that's because it, it just gets better every time. You you notice more. The movie is layered. When we've called you and I and DC have called James Wan a, a modern master of horror before, yes. and this is why. This is him having fun, and it's still better than ninety percent of the movies like it out there. Oh yeah, and he's I, just I, dicking around. He's literally just dicking around. Like that's, yeah. And I and I absolutely love and appreciate him even more when he came out and said he. You know, this was the movie. That was it. He did not plan for a second one. He is not going to make a second one. Don't ask for a second one. <laughs> I'm actually glad because, um, you know, I think this is one. The, the best way I've described this to someone is they said, you know, it, I don't want to watch anything. I don't want to watch any trailers. I just want to go into it cold, Chris. What am I setting myself up for? And I'm like, you're setting yourself up for you're nine, ten years old. You've gone to the same video store for like four years and your dad's finally going to start letting you look at the horror section by yourself and you and your friend keep going by the same movie and you've heard telltales from your friends about this movie being awesome, but it's all word of mouth. And so you're like, Mm -hmm. why is it good? Why does everybody say it's so good? And you finally watch it. This is that movie. The, The movie has a specific thing that makes everybody go bananas about it and it's not this movie shouldn't have been released in the era of the internet. You know, this, this should have been a VHS release that like, you know, your buddy who's three or four years older than you goes, Oh, you're not ready for malignant, man. Uh, You're like, what? (laughs) You know? And, and, and I think that it, it really, um, it really succeeds at being that, but it's a huge culture shock when you're expecting a conjuring movie. Yeah. 
and and because it definitely um felt like that for the first couple acts you know where it's like okay you're 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 really laying it on thick there's a mystery here okay i don't really know what's going on and it i loved the um the jump back and forth between the the kind of supernatural you know room changing stuff mm-hmm. um but then also when you see that thing um, mm-hmm. The killer doing the killer stuff on its own, it feels more outside of the the backwards walking and odd performance. It feels more like straight slasher movie. So it yeah, it was cool to see him play with both of those genres. So um, I don't know without abandon, you just kind of had fun. Yeah. Um, and then this reminder, I don't even know if this is a real thing, but I love how like the set piece of Seattle under Seattle. Yeah. Was it cool? I'm like, all right, are they giving this to us because there's going to be like, you know, is this going to be like us all of a sudden and there's like tethered people and like, what 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 are we doing here? And then it's just, no, it's a creepy set piece. Like it literally is it, just a throwaway and it's like awesome. But we looked it up and stuff. There There is actual tunnels that you can go oh, get oh, towards oh, and understand. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was something we kind of wanted to go do. I mean, once we Googled it and stuff found out, but we were like, oh, yeah, that'd be so cool to go look at because, you know, we're right next to Seattle. So now, at the same time. Now, I have easy. a question. I have a question for you because I haven't got to, to talk this out with people. And anyone who's listening that's seen the movie, um, please chime in. What do you make of, without blowing the twist, what do you make of the bits before the first big, fight between her and her or actually after the fight between her and her husband at the beginning where we see furniture and things move around as if there is a ghost interacting with them. What do you make of that knowing where the movie goes? I don't know. I don't know. It kind of gives me a little bit of chills because I mean, imagine being her and having that, you know, going on and not realizing that, you know, what is actually happening is happening and stuff like that. That I don't know. It would make me feel like I was going crazy. Yeah. And and that's, so I feel like the, the antagonist in this film, Mm -hmm. um, if you, once you get the realization of what the antagonist is doing and what it is, is this the movie kind of going, well, you could take this two ways. You could either go, this is a continuity error. That's just there to make you go, all right, because remember, it's the husband seeing this stuff, and then yeah. us, and then us as the viewer seeing it detached from her, and it's revealed that okay, stuff's getting screwed around with her perception of reality, but is our perception of reality being fucked with? Now we can't trust what we're seeing. And I know, that's, but at the, at the same time, I like that because me too. It, it throws you off at the beginning thinking. Like, I don't know how Ulrich called it the way he did, because like, because like you just said, you know, the beginning and stuff, it's all like, it's, it's, it's different. We're seeing the antagonist, we're seeing the protagonist, like, they're never together or anything like that. But it's really, it's really kind of leaning into, they have some sort of weird psychic connection and stuff. And then like you said, it kind of leads into, well, is this a multiple personality type of thing? All sorts of everything. And it's just like, damn, when, when the, when the ending happened and stuff, and it was just like, holy crap. Well, I, I have a, I have a, um, a hypothesis, a thought maybe on mm-hmm. how Ulrich may have called it. Um, 
the way that he did is that he's not as big of a horror fan as you are, correct? Uh, I, differences. I'm just going to say that because our views no, no, differ and stuff. It's, but, no, 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 no. Because I find so, so James, this this is a is, is a, a thesis statement of mine. Okay. When when you see the movie Saw for the first time, actually mm-hmm. Saw and Dead Silence and The Conjuring, you know any of they were all written by James Wan and, and Leigh Whannell, and then James mm-hmm. Wan directed them. And we've now seen them making movies in the genre separate from each other. Mm-hmm. I believe this is Wan's first horror movie that Whannell didn't have anything to do with. Mm. And Whannell has made um, Upgrade and The Invisible Man. And it's interesting. Oh. It's interesting to see. I didn't know how to call which one of them was the cheese camp guy and which mm-hmm. one of them was the well-versed horror knowledge that makes more dramatic films. But it turns out that might be Leigh Whannell. And the, the easy one? No, no. The, the more like dramatic. The serious one. I was like. Yeah, and it seems like Juan is a bit more into, like, the lore of horror in general. And the mm-hmm. reason I say this is because I remember seeing the movie Saw and how mm-hmm. that movie was intentionally marketed and pre-screenings were intentionally marketed to people that knew horror like the back of their hand. And that movie, that movie's twist was designed so if you're well-versed in horror movies, the tropes are going to take you automatically towards the conclusion that is the complete opposite of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But I showed that to my my wife back when we were first dating, and she wasn't a big horror fan and had never seen it. So she only knew the movie's got some sort of twist, and it's going to be mm-hmm. a big surprise. And she's like, all right, and we're watching it, and she goes, all right, so they're trying to figure out who Jigsaw is. And she's like, you know, 20 minutes into the movie, and she goes, it was the guy on the floor, right? Oh, my God. Really? And I just go, are you kidding me? She goes, yeah, it's fucking obvious. No, it wasn't. And I was like, holy shit. And then I said, how did you know that? And she goes, well, I don't watch horror movies. So instead of, like, geeking out on all the stuff you were looking at, she goes, I was just thinking about what could be going on, and I deduced that. And I was like, oh, shit. So maybe that's where if Ulrich is not as um, tainted by easy tropes, yeah. He probably could have just been like, okay, I'm going to figure out what's going on here and just see through Juan's little spook show mystery. Um, see, okay, see, that makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, we were watching uh, Night Mass or whatever. Oh, Midnight every, Mass, yeah. Midnight Mass. Every single twist, every single plot, I called. I called every single one. I didn't miss a beat or anything like that. And he he couldn't he couldn't piece things together. I I did too, and that's what I loved about it. I I loved that it seemed like Flanagan was just kind of going and go. Let's sit down and have a discussion for seven episodes because I know you're all on board for this. And I just mm-hmm. went there and I'm like, I love this. I just love Are- everything about it. And he was getting caught up. He goes, but is is it that I don't understand religion? What's going on? I'm not sure that's it. I I think you're just expecting it to be about more than it is. It's a, it's a pretty, it's a long, um, Oh God, we could have done the whole episode about that too. It's a long thought about faith and religion. And you know, if, if what if someone mistook, um, being Jesus for a vampire, 
which I thought was wonderful. It reminds me a lot of um, Salem's Lot. I don't know if I've seen that. It's a Stephen King. They're actually redoing it. Oh, it's it's a, it, it's exactly what you'd expect about a story where Stephen King writes a vampire. So it's <laughs> long, and and there's a lot of characters and strange stuff in it. Just but it's very good. Okay, and, okay, okay. I but, know. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no more, like, no more, no more. I I want to get into the part that I've been dying to talk about. Yes. The most epic fucking police fight scene. Oh, yeah. In the station. That whole segment, that whole piece was so cool. I loved when, um, when, when, you know, the, the antagonist was fighting and the back of the head looked like a dummy head, but it was, it was so well done that it looked real and it kind of gave, it, it gave me serious shivers sometimes, like some when you when you would kind of see the head kind of like oh, I don't know how to explain it. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. No, so I know of, exactly. It, I'm it, trying to be a little vague, but no, it it had it. Not only was the movement unnatural, yes. which was the best thing about it, um, but the look the look had an unnatural um, like a uh, the 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 face had no life in it mm-hmm. and and that was so ungodly creepy especially once you know what's going on yeah, it, it, it it kind of has a it kind of has a more visualized and not caring how cheesy it would look version of once you know what's going on and get out and mm. you realize that someone's being put down into the the what did they call that the the lower what was the Damn it! I'm oh, going to mess this up, but the don't ask they, me. What, but you know what? When she does the yeah. tea thing and and makes makes you sit down inside and basically just become a passenger while this body goes around and does shit, and it it's like the visualization in a more like Sam Raimi esque kind of way of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Where it's like oh no 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 not not only is it that, but you are you know we are we are going to mess with and screw with your body and it's going to look and sound painful and who cares if it wouldn't actually work we're going to put visuals on screen that show it working and it the when when our antagonist stands up on the table mm-hmm. and the camera pans out and you see the full body realization of what's going on and I just went holy shit like now, I kind of want James Wan to make a Matrix movie. I know, know. <laughs> and I have to give big props to the stunt, the mm. stunt, the stunt person that played it was a the dancer. antagonist. It was. Yeah, it was a professional dancer that. He okay, hired. because I, I am that that makes sense because it was a very fluid, very kind of like graceful type of dance, and something that shouldn't on somebody that shouldn't look as graceful as they do. Well, you gotta have someone that can really stretch. They must have double jointed shoulders or something, because yeah. just the I'm gonna spin around in a circle and throw a chair backwards. Yeah, <laughs> holy crap! I know. No, oh that, my god, that is one of the single greatest action scenes of the last twenty years. That that segment, and I I love that the I don't know if you caught it, but the the mulleted um, person in the jail cell. That's giving um, our our antagonist all the shit is yeah. uh, 
is I can't. I'm going to screw up her name. It, it's the it's um, Quentin Tarantino's stunt woman. Um, she was um, oh boy, she was Uma Thurman's stunt double in Kill Bill, and then she was the star of um, uh, the car movie with Kurt Russell, the one that ends up on top of the car. Oh. And it was so cool. I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be a great scene of stuntman versus stuntman. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Since we can't really talk about the big twist or anything, and I'm 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 sorry to everybody that has kind of caught on to maybe what the twist is. I'm sorry. We're not going to tell you full out because it has no. to be seen to be believed. Yes, it's it's going to it's going to be amazing. Just keep your keep your Keep your mind open, but and it was good I want to an see overall good old fashioned practical creature effects again. I agree. They did. I don't know all all over. They did such a good job executing everything. And like I said, now that I look back at it and stuff, I have no problem that it's kind of goofy and stuff. Like oh, it's, it's so part of the goofy. It, it's it's part of the charm for me now, but. God, I enjoyed what he did, and I I can't give him enough praise. I'm not gonna say it's one of the greatest movies ever, like some of the you know internets have been saying. <clears throat> you, uh... hey, no, no, but again, there's <laughs> there's l- l- t- t- someone said to me the other day, is it a good or is it a bad movie? And I was like, it can't be characterized because it's it's not. It is a well made bad movie, and yes. and and what I mean by that is it doesn't care. It doesn't, it's not trying to win awards, but it's a whole bunch of people that really know how to make a movie like this, making the best version of a movie like this. And since there's not that many movies like this, it's kind of hard to categorize it. True. Very, very true. But it is, it, it can't really be like, you could, you could sit through this and go, that was really bad. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was, but you liked it, right? <laughs> you know, because and, and I, I think that's what he set out to do. I mean, when when you look at that shot of the car pulling up at the mental hospital and mm-hmm. the camera pans back and it looks like a freaking matte painting out of Silent Hill, you go, yeah. this isn't a movie like yeah. this is like this is someone's like crazy, like um bath salt drug trip. Like somebody <laughs> somebody said um it was like James Wan was channeling Mike Flanagan and then took bath salts. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> it was a really good explanation. <laughs> okay. But no, right. your, your, your point is well taken. Okay. Let's start wrapping it up. I want, I want a grade. I mean, with you, for some reason, I seem to be doing grades on what you think. So what is your grade on this? My grade on this, oh boy. Um, I, I'm going to give it two different grades. Um, enjoyment, mm-hmm. like, do, do I like it? You know, um, I, I, it, it gets an A. I could watch it over and over again. It, it falls into the same category as movies like Scott Pilgrim, um, things like that, where it's just, it puts a big smile on my face to think about it. But as a movie, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to give a movie a C where mm-hmm. the craft is so good. But I think it's like a C in terms of like if you had to put it up against like movies like Get Out, Us, you know, in the horror thing. This is going for, you know, like a Halloween H2O kind of level of, you know, like intentional cheese or or like a House on Haunted Hill or 13 Ghosts. 
So B minus C plus. Okay. I I was pretty much going to say the exact same thing as you were. Like, I don't know. Enjoyment, it's definitely up there for what it is. If you compare it to other horror movies that have been coming out lately, yes, it's definitely like a C. But on its own, compared to movies similar to what it's going for, I would definitely say it's about a solid mid B. Yeah, it it just um it, it's hard it's hard to quantify it and you know in the scheme of James Wan it kind of sits right in the middle uh, the the guy has made way better films mm-hmm. but he's also made films that are a little looser and and don't quite land quite as well it, I, I told Ulrich and it kind of scared him I said it's as if the James Wan that made Dead Silence wanted to really try to dial that in a bit more and he goes oh god I'm terrified and I go no 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 I go <laughs> Think about what you liked about that movie, and most of that is on screen, and most of the other shit isn't there. True. <laughs> you know? True. He still was making about 15 different movies and couldn't decide which one he wanted on screen, but I liked that. <laughs> All righty, Chris. It's been wonderful having you on. It has been so long since we've talked, and I really enjoyed tonight. I agree. Uh, you're just so busy lately. Same here. Same here. One parent to another. Holy shit. How do we do it? (laughs) Okay. So let everybody know where they can find you. Well, you can find me by hearing my voice right now. Um, I'm actually (laughs) behind you. I'm I'm in, I'm in your house. Um, I mean, it is spooky season. I might be, um, you know, I might be controlling your brain and making you see things differently. Um, you never know. Try walking backwards. You might hear my voice. Um, no, you can find me by searching the chip made this. I make, um, too much, um, is, is the best word that I could use. I make a bunch of podcasts. I'm on YouTube. I do shows. Um, I have guested on the geeks with shields proper. This is now my 27th appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I really like these folks. Um, and I, uh, just um, I'm so happy to share the the tiny little corner of the internet we have um, with you making cool stuff. Oh. Okay. So, everybody, like we said, go watch the movie if you haven't. It's a great movie. You're going to enjoy it. But I'm going to leave you with horror tip number 987. Please don't be greedy. Leprechaun theft has a 98% mortality rate.